Wow. What a blessing that we can meet together like this. Amen. Did you know that today we have more services than ever before? Ever in the history of our church. Got 111. What's that? One at nine? One eleven downstairs, one eleven upstairs. One evening. Online. Yay! Come on. We are doing this well. Come on. Options galore. I am so blessed. Happy birthday, Harmony Church. What a joy it is to be together, and what a great journey we've had, and what a journey we are on. I'm so blessed. You know, one of the great heroes of faith, today's Vision Day too, and you know, one of the great um, heroes of faith, of course, he's died now, is uh, Billy Graham. I actually met with the, with the people from Billy Graham this week, because Franklin Graham is coming here next uh, end of this year, and so in the crisis arena, so we're just working on a big thing. And uh, so we're meeting with all these people, but I used to work with, um, I actually met Billy Graham with my father in, uh, in Holland. Uh, one time when he's preparing for this big conference of evangelists, 10,000 evangelists in Amsterdam. I, I went too. It was just incredible. And he was at our conference center preparing. It was like the, the, the leaders of that thing. And, and um, it was just such an honor uh, to meet such a gr- giant. But I thought, hey, we're talking about vision. We're talking about mission. And I talk about this funny story about Billy Graham. Billy Graham was returning to Charlotte. Not a real story. Charlotte, after a speaking engagement... When his plane arrived there, there was a limousine to transport him to his home. As he prepared to get into the limo, he stopped and he spoke to the driver. Hey, you know, he says, I'm 87 years old and I have never driven a limousine. Would you mind if I drive it for a little bit? The driver said, sure, no problem, sir. Billy got into the driver's seat and headed off down the highway. A short distance away sat a rookie police officer operating his first speed trap. The long black limousine went by at about 130 kilometers an hour in a 100-kilometer zone. Billy must have missed the sign. The police officer pulled out and easily caught up to the limo, and they got out of his patrol car and began the procedure. The young policeman walked to the driver's door, and when the glass was rolled down, he was surprised to see who was driving it. He immediately excused himself, went back to the car, called his supervisor. Hey, I know we're supposed to uh, enforce the law, but I also know that important people are giving certain courtesies. I need to know what I should do because I have never stopped just an important person. The supervisor asked, is it the governor? The young trooper says, no, 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 it's much more important than that. The supervisor is it the president of the United States? The young trooper said, no, 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 it's even more important than that. After a moment, the supervisor asked him, well then, who is it? The young trooper said, I think it might be Jesus, because Billy Graham is his chauffeur. Thank you, thank you. Happy birthday. 13 years old, guys. 13, the number 13 in numerology gets a bit of a bad rap, you know, Friday the 13th and all this kind of stuff. But you know, in the Bible, it's actually a good number. In the Bible, I've listened to some, I looked it up, and so some scholars, they're talking about number 13 being a, of, of um, a new start, starting something new, a reset, even new beginnings. Now, number 8 is about new beginnings, but also 13 has this sense of new beginnings of a new start. And I thought, wow, it's very interesting, isn't it? As we come out of COVID, you know, uh, you know, around the world, things are just kind of ramping up, but also ramping down. And there's a sense of spring, isn't there? The sense of summer is coming. There's an end in sight. And so I thought, wow, even as a church, there's an end in sight. We, we are moving towards this thing this year. And I'm excited about what God is going to do. Amen? 
Amen. So we just came out of 21 days of prayer and fasting and worship and praise and looking to Jesus, right? By the way, thank you so much for all of you who came to the prayer meetings on the Wednesday nights. And uh, maybe next time you, you could also come. Um, It'd be awesome. We had about 20 people each time, and I thought, well, yeah, it's good. Um, but the thing is, though, you know, it's really good that we can come together. And the first week was about faith in God. We looked at God and His reign and His presence and His power. And it's just so awesome, right? The second week, we looked at faith uh, for ourselves. How God wants to ch transform us, change us, uh, develop us, uh, strengthen us in that area. And then the final week, last week, it was all about faith in our world, for our world, was all about purpose and mission. And you will see in a minute uh, that these actually represent our three core values. Presence, passion, and purpose. Amen? So today's Vision Day, and uh, we're going to release our new mission statement. Now, this is not, uh, not necessarily um, replacing uh, passion for God, compassion for people. That's more like a mantra. Uh, it's not really a vision statement, so we didn't really have, we had, I think, harmony with God, people, and animals or something, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. We kind of used the word harmony for harmony with God and people and life and creation and stuff. That, that was kind of a mission, but it was a bit vague and stuff. Anyway, so the last couple of months, uh, the leaders in our church have been looking at what could we do to get a really powerful mission statement. Now, the mission statement is, of course, very important and theologically correct, right? And so we have two key scriptures that are the basis for our new mission statement. One is the Great Commission, obviously. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I still got a sting in my mouth. This little fake tooth, and sometimes I get a little lisp, and sometimes I... Tell me, no. um, I'm just not used to speaking so much with it. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. If I take it out, I look like a pirate. And some of you will be scared and run out. Um, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Some people ask me, why don't you teach more on end times? I say, well, here is the end times. Look at it. It says, go on authority, go to the world, make this all nations, and I'll be with you even to the end of the age. What more do you want? When the end is there, he'll come back. Until that time, keep working. Don't stop working. Oh, I can't just say so much, but I have to really... Thank you, Jesus. The second, the second is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Come on, all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We are going to release right now the video, which at the end will have our new mission statement. Let's do it. Our mission is... Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. It is so simple, but it's so at the core. And why we say the world? Because God so loved the world, remember? Go to nations, it's big. It's not just about people. It's all also about people and mostly about people, but we also want people to influence society, right? Government, business, and whatever situation. We want the power of the kingdom everywhere. We want righteousness to come in every situation, the fabric of life. So it's a bigger vision like this, transforming the world with the good news of Jesus Christ, the unconditional love of Jesus Christ, the undeserved favor and grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. This is our mission. This is our why. We are world changers. Come on. Let's say it together. We are world changers. Make it personal. I am a world changer. 
And then we have three values that you saw there. One is presence, which again looks at the whole thing of the presence of God, which we value most. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. It's always about Jesus first. Then we see passion, which has become a passionate people uh, about God and mission, but also a passion for our own growth and our own transformation, becoming sons and daughters of God. Amen? Talking about uh, intimacy and the love of God to ooze out of our lives. So that whole thing. And then purpose which is really reaching the world for Jesus. So we always go up, in, out. Let's say it all together. Up, in, out. Good. So this elevator speech, so when you say something in the elevator somewhere, say, what did, when you go to Harmony Church, okay, what do they believe? Say, so, well, we believe in transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. So really, what is that all about? Oh, it's all about presence, passion, and purpose, you know. Well, what is it all about? Wow, well, I'll tell you. You know, that's the whole thing. So everybody hopefully can learn this. In this. Amen? Do you like it? That's good. So, <clears throat> so we have two, two things that uh, the Father sent Jesus, commissioned Jesus into the world to do. He came for two purposes. Actually, three. He also came to reveal the Father. But the two missional ones of, of him was two things. One is to destroy, you say it together, to destroy the works of the enemy. Number two is to and save the lost, lost people. So 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, everybody say purpose. That was his purpose. The Son of God, Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil, the works of the enemy. And Jesus did this on the cross. Now, I love this scripture in Colossians. Come on, just humor me. And you can read it with me if you want to because it's just so powerful. And we're in this together. Let's say it together. When we were dead in our sins, in this uncircumcision of our flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He is taking it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Come on, this is in a nutshell the gospel. We live in forgiveness because Jesus paid the price. He paid for our sin. Amen? He paid for our sin. He also, there's not also, his debt, he also paid for our debt. No more debt. That was no, no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No debt. Not only that, he disarmed the principles and the powers, he says here, on the cross. Triumphing. Public spectacle over them. Come on. It is finished. Let's say it together. It is finished. That could also be a mission field, a mission thing for us, you know, a slogan. It is finished. That's quite cool too. <laughs> but then people don't even know what to talk about. Some people don't know what to talk about. See, the enemy's got no power. He's got the only power is that we give him, right? And I've, I've talked about this before. He's got no power because Jesus got all the power. All authority or power is given to me and then given to the church, to you and to me. He won the victory. Amen? And so now for the church, we are to enforce that victory into the world. Every situation, healing, prosperity, um, uh, uh, whatever, relationship issues, you name it. Our job is to release the finished works of Jesus into the world. What? Forgiveness is a finished work. Healing is a finished work. Um, prosperity is a finished work. Um, reconciliation is a finished work. All the things that we need for life, he's given everything to us. It's all in us. Remember to see Puku. I haven't thought that this year yet, so I thought I'd better remind people about the Puku. Now, why do I say Puku for you who are new in our church? It's because Jesus said at the, at the, with the woman at the well, 
He says, you just, do, you just get this water for me for my camels, but what I'm going to give to you is living water, and it will come bubble up out of your innermost being. It says your belly. And so I know sometimes when you feel the Holy Spirit, I feel the Holy Spirit always here. It's not here. He talks here, but he's here. And the whole thing is, the umbilical is here is to heaven. This umbilical cord to heaven is in your belly. That's why I often talk about Apuku, which is related vitally to God, as we see it in heavenly places right here with him. Not somewhere up there in the sky. I'm at the moon somewhere. No, no, right here. Anyway, that was for free. So that's all good. So this is the glory of the saints, that we can enforce his victory in the world. That's why we sing, we're going to sing it at the end of the service, every victory is yours, because you rose, you reign. You rose victorious, it is finished, you reign. Your name, or one name, holds every victory, one voice silences the enemy, one king who reigns for all eternity. See, God has never lost the battle. And so the thing is, though, we then start living, not, we're not fighting for victory, trying to get victory. No, no, we're living from victory. We worship from victory. And everything we do is, is from victory. Now, it's too long to talk about today, uh, but it's about the whole difference between Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, sorry, Old Covenant, New Covenant. That on the Old Covenant, everything is, you've got to work for love. You've got to work for forgiveness. You've got to work for power. You've got to work for blessing. On, on the other side of the cross, Jesus gave it everything to her. By his grace, he just gives everything. So he gives forgiveness. He makes you seated in heavenly places. He gives you every blessing spiritual life. He gives you his love. Now love because I first love you. You don't have to work anymore for this. You now receive it and work out of it, right? Okay, that was also not in my notes, also free uh, today. So that's all good, amen? So it's a very important place because we are seated now in heavenly places and that's why we can enforce his victory in the world, right? Come on, more, I want more, more yes, amen. Ah, that's why Jesus empowers us. We can't do anything without Jesus. Remember last week I talked about if you were here, but maybe you saw it online, but maybe you were sleeping. I don't know what you were doing. But the thing is, though, the thing is, last week we gave you the will of God, right? It's in the Bible. The will of God is this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. <laughs> ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in your life. Why do you think this is the will of God in your life? Why is it to rejoice always in him? Why is it to always pray unceasingly? Why is it that you give thanks in all circumstances in Christ? Why is that? Not rhetorical. Real question. Why is it? Because he wants you to know that the connection and the access to his power is through those things. Is acknowledging him. We acknowledge him in prayer. We worship him. There's intimacy, there's flow, there's love. And out of that, we are empowered. We come to rejoice in him. Hey, I don't like the circumstance. It says every circumstance, give thanks because he is good. And as you give thanks in the circumstance, then he starts doing miracles through the circumstance, right? We are to access the power of God. We are Christians, you know, Christ-likeness, little Christian, little Christs. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, living inside of us. You know, sometimes, or many times, even I catch myself, trying to do stuff in my own strength, in my own flesh. Don't, don't say yes, Catherine. <laughs> don't, don't you love that when your wife, who knows you're the best of all people, you know, like, mm, mm, yeah, it's that. You know, sometimes you, you, you know, I, I want to, the thing is though, guys, if we want to do well, both in our personal life, in our marriages, uh, in our um, 
in our businesses, in our workplaces, in our church. You know, we need to make sure that we rely on the Holy Spirit. There is no other way. He is the empowerment. I'll talk about it a bit more in three weeks' time. He is our empowerment in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, that's number one. Number two, what does he came to do? He came to seek. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. came to seek to save lost people. Amen? So Jesus' mission is to seek and to save lost people. And so because it's his mission, now it is a co-mission. It's now our mission also to seek and to save lost people. The Bible talks about salvation, that beautiful word salvation, which means uh, sozo. That's what a sozo ministry. Sozo in the Greek means uh, saved, healed, delivered. And you look at uh, Jesus' ministry in Luke 4 and Isaiah 61. I didn't want to put it on today. You can see that the whole thing that God does, what Jesus does, is all this, this restoration. Everything he does is bring life. The devil came to destroy, kill, destroy, and steal, right? But then he came to give life abundantly. So you see this, this, this opposite, that he changes everything. He moves so all the love and the power. He does it by his Holy Spirit. It is so-so. It is setting people free. It's giving people a destiny and a purpose and healing and restoring. Man, I see some of the stories we've seen over the last couple of weeks, isn't it? In our men's meeting, men's son's meeting. And we've got a son's meeting. About, about 30 people are related to it. And on, on a Tuesday, maybe 12 or 14 would come. It's like a rotating and all new people coming. And the thing is, the oldest son's very honest, very vulnerable. You know, we're talking about sex and pornography and you name it you know i mean guy stuff you know and so we just talk about the stuff you know it's also girl stuff so i hear the stories too then don't don't you get away with that one but the thing is though what i'm trying to say is we are honest aren't we we're just honest about our own life and about vulnerability and we cry guys actually do cry we cry but you know what i see i see a bunch of guys who are getting healed up and they're getting fired up and we worship and we pray for each other and things are starting to happen. Those things that are in the dark places that you can't see, they're coming to the fore because Jesus wants to set them free and so I think it's wonderful and I want to proclaim it over our church that we will be a vulnerable church, that we are open with all the things that we struggle with so Jesus can come in and he can heal us but also empower us. Amen? Amen. Amen. That was also for free. So good. I, wonder, I love it when the Holy Spirit does it. You know, you stand up here and you prepare some stuff, but then these things go and flow, you know, and I love it because he, he does much better than I do. So it's cool that he does stuff, you know. It's so amazing. So I'm just so happy with that, you know. He's so awesome. He wants everybody to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some of you understand slowness. God's not slow. He's gracious. He's not slow. He's gracious. <laughs> Don't worry, he's very fast. No, he's not slow. You know why? He's patient because he doesn't want anyone to perish. I'm so sorry, but Jesus is not coming back next week and also not next year. I'm so sorry for some of you who think that. Because I know some of you do. You may not be sitting here today, but you do. He is not coming back. It was so selfish because you're saved. The rest is not. There's such a whole world out there still that needs to be saved. And Jesus will come back when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. But surely we're not there yet. There's so much work to do. What I suggest you do, instead of trying to figure out when it's coming back, I suggest you put your hand to the plow and you start serving in the church and you start doing some stuff and start proclaiming his gospel and doing some work to get people saved. Amen? Amen. He wants everybody to come to repentance. He wants nobody to face a Christless eternity. Amen? So the harvest is ready. Jesus says this, Matthew 9, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease, <laughs> among the people and when he saw the multitudes he was 
moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. And the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his mission field. If there's anything that we want to do in this church is to empower all of us together. Empower you and me to be laborers. That Jesus can never say, Gideon, there's only a few laborers in your church. His church anyway. You know what I mean? I want, I want all of us, online too, all of us, to put our hands to the plow. And say, Jesus, I give my life to you. And I will serve. And I will use my gifts. And I will sow. And I will take give time. And my heart will always be what breaks your heart, which is lost people. He was compassionate about lost people. Moved. Do you, do you feel moved by the lostness of this world? Does your heart break for the things that break God's heart? His number one passion is lost people. So if you do anything like that, that's why Julie is such a happy girl. Julie here, turn You know why she's so happy all the time? Because she does what Jesus would have her do. She is Jesus in that area. She goes on the street where people don't know. People are very hurt, homeless, struggling, and she's Jesus to them. And Jesus loves that. And so he's there. He's there with her and the whole team, Shane, all the whole team. I'm so proud of who you, you're, again, you're, you're my heroes. I think you're just amazing how you serve the people, you know, of our world. I just love it. I just love it. Come on, people, let's not be distracted by things, not even COVID. Please don't be distracted. I see a lot of distractions still on the internet and people around me. You know what I don't see? I don't see many prayer meetings. I don't see many people coming to the prayer meetings. I'm sorry to say, but you should all have been here, at least at one of the prayer meetings. But you weren't. Now, that kind of hurts me because it hurts the heart of God because we want, to, we want to see this army being raised up. But some of you were there every time. Bless you, you're awesome. But the thing is, though, I just want to honor you guys. But the thing is, though, what I'm trying to say is we are called together to carry this. And it's not just me and Catherine. Oh, yeah, you prayed. You do this for us. It's not going to happen. I have a role. We have a role. There's all kinds of roles. But we all have a role to play. Amen? And we all are in this together. So come on, let's, let's put our thing together. Let's keep our focus on the mission. You know, two, two days, two, two weeks ago at a prayer meeting, I was sitting there, I was standing here, remember we had a prayer meeting, and then I, I really, I saw, this, I saw the church standing there, lame. I just saw them standing there. And I saw all this stuff going on and COVID and all the rubbish going on, and they were standing there like this, lame as a duck. I said, God, what's going on? I said, the church is lame. I have given them full authority, full authority to do all this stuff. And don't say that you're praying for it. God has equipped you to do it. He will not do any. Remember two things he will never do? One, the things he's already done. He will never ask you to answer your prayer. He's already forgiven you. He's all, don't ask those things to him anymore. That's just insult. Don't do that. And he will never answer prayers that he's told you to do. So we've been delegated to do this stuff. So you can't ask God to do it. He's not going to take it back. He's going to give it to us. So we need to rise up. We need to speak out. We need to preach the gospel. We need to pray. We need to see a mighty harvest. We see this kind of turn around. But it's not by us being whatever, but it's us praying, seeking God, worshiping, declaring, decreeing. It is by might, not by might, not power, but it's by the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. And David talked about this last week. 
And so I hope that we can align our hearts and align our minds to the kingdom mandate, to the kingdom vision, what he has for us. Heaven's priority is lost people. Jesus went out for the one. He left the 99. They're already in. He is lost. We're going after the one. I'll tell you something what happened four years ago when we get into this building. I was in the building. We had a great church and doing all kinds of stuff, you know, in, in the school. And then Jesus one time talked to me. He came to me. And he says, he says that he has such a heart for the lost. What are you going to do about it, Gideon? We had, we had not seen that many salvations through those first eight years. I see salvations, you know, but it was more like a hospital, you know, more of like people coming and empowered. It was cool, you know, people getting healed and rolling on the floor and whatever they're doing. It's all good, you know, but it was fun. But normally people got saved. And so people, and Jesus came knocking on my door when I come here. He said, what about my lost people, Gideon? And I thought, oh, I used a word that I can't say. Whoa. And so I turned around. I said, Jesus, I will do discipling and I'll get people empowered but I won't go after lost people and we started the alpha ministry very powerful one honor Stu and the whole team here who are doing this kind of stuff powerful stuff you know many hundreds came to the Lord the last couple of years just incredible we do altar calls every service now every service almost every service somebody comes to the Lord a bit harder now because it's hard to get a lot of people invited now but particularly at the end of last year and every service lost people just come to the Lord we're going to go after but it's a mind shift Guys, it's also a mindset for you, even during this COVID time. You can't say, oh, I'm really scared, or hey, there's little things, I'm kind of hiding a little bit because it's this. No, you can't do this because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is out there. The heart of God is that you keep your mind and your heart on the prize, which the prize is salvation for people. The love of God, the prodigal's coming home. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Our vision is to have thousands of people. I would love to have a mega church. Mega church. Guys, it was a big church. The Ephesians church was 30,000 people. They were, they were meeting in Roman, Roman Colosseums. It's not about size. What I'm trying to say is we need to meet, or, or let's say it differently, not a mega church. Let's say I would like to be part of a church that has hundreds of little churches. People getting saved, people getting plugged in, people getting healed, people finding their purpose. But it doesn't just happen. I cannot run any faster. I'm getting older. Catherine's getting older too. I mean, she looks 40, but you know. We need to all do this together. And as we are all empowered, things start to happen. Rob Rufus, when we came into this building, he, he walked around prophetically. There was nothing here, just a building. Uh, Rough building. And he said, I see fruit everywhere. Fruit. Even globally, you know, there's fruit. I saw fruit. And then Patricia King, one of those American prophets, came here as a friend of ours. And she said, I see this apostolic training center. It's a sending center. There's, there's things going to come from here and go all over the world. Even Graham Kendrick said it to us. Remember the beginning of our ministry? Graham Kendrick's here. I see all these arrows, Gideon, from Christchurch coming to the world. There's arrows going everywhere. And so we have this, this, this thing that we want to build. It's like an apostolic training center, kind of a, a, a mission field that we can be empowered, this hub of spiritual activity and power and serving that we can reach people in Jesus' name. Now, just a few minutes left. I... Um, one of the things that we've done a lot this year, is <coughs> actually put a lot of money, I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars, into our online experience. Now, right now, upstairs, um, I want to honor uh, Jonathan and uh, Petra, I think it's there, Tim, and a whole bunch of people upstairs, sometimes up to eight people are serving, and all these guys here with the cameras. 
and we had like a good cameras. We want to have one more camera. We haven't got the money for that at the moment. If somebody wants to pay for this, $5,000. Uh, we want to have one more camera, a better camera. I'll tell you something. We can be here with 500 people or whatever, and that's lovely, you know. Great, 500 people. But the thing is, though, with the internet and there, we can go to thousands. We can go to tens. We can go to millions. So we are really, I mean, Jonathan is really developing. You can see what happens. He's got a whole thing. They, they don't just take the sound from here and just say, okay, we'll send it through. It's a bit like FaceTime. Here we go, FaceTime. Not like that at all. It goes through another um, sound desk, and they got all these plugins to make it better, and they got all these things with the singing and blah, blah, blah. And then the product is very professional. You say, well, why do you have to be professional? I'll tell you why. Because people are still comparing to things in the world, and the world is much better than we are. What a disgrace to the church. Sorry, I don't want to get to <laughs> Well, this grace, we should be the best. When they look at the thing, okay, I'm going to see more, whatever, whoever person, or I see Harmony Church, whoa, that worship, that, that's just amazing. Because they will see straight away if it's like honky-tonky, this, oh, man, you must be blaming, kidding me. And they turn it off. I'm sorry, for the world, you've got to be good. You've got to be good because they have everything good. Everything is professional. You know, so let's be the best we can be and let's go. And we believe go on TV. We believe that we can do this. You know, our worship team is growing all the time. They're getting better all the time. And my preaching is getting better all the time. I mean, come on. We're just going to get, you know, we, we got, no, 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 let's get, 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 let's get. Anyway, so we're investing in this. So thank you so much, all the guys who are doing this. Uh, Alpha Ministry, we look, now Alpha, uh, Stu and, and is, 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 um, is, um, retiring of this uh, and he, he's still doing a group uh, but the thing is though we need some new leadership and I want to bring it out to the church if there's a person or a couple who would love to lead there's other people with you and we'll support you but who want to lead Alpha Alpha is in my view one of the best ministries that we have in our church one of the best in the world I think more, more people come through Christ through Alpha than any other ministry I know and so it's the most possible if you want to be involved talk to Josiah and, uh, and please be involved because we like to have a team that will do this together. It's like an eight-week you know, uh, eight course that we do, and then we get people to flow into that. So if it's very good. So it's really powerful. So please, did you know that we have a small one at the end of the year with Stu and Rhonda led? Uh, thank you so much, Stu and Rhonda, uh, in their house. And, and all those ones, one is here, Eva, uh, and all the ones who were there all became Christians. And most of them were first-time uh, believers. Come on, let's give it up to the Lord. This is wonderful. It's wonderful. This one, it's a powerful, powerful ministry in this way. Now, there's so many more things. I'll get Catherine to give a few, few thoughts also. Uh, but one is the business area. We have a lot of business leaders uh, in our church. And one of the things we want to do is to start a uh, business directory. So um, Matthew Waite has already put something online. It's not live, but it's a thing. And then we're going to uh, talk to all the business. So anything you have, any business like electrical or handy person or insurance or... <laughs> Whatever we do, all those kind of things, we're going to have it on the directory. And so we can even, you can access the lawyers, access our own people. You know, yeah, that's how the Jews make so much money. They're all in together, you know. They're like, hey, I'm, in. I'm serious. That's what they do. They're just very family friendly, you know. And, uh, you know, and uh, so that's what we're going to do. And then, listen to this one. Listen to this one. There's a bit of a challenge here. But then we'd love to marry up some of the business leaders with the prayer leaders and prayer warriors. David Balestri told us last year that he's got some businesses in Australia. They're quite large. They've got full-time intercessors. Paid. Paid. I'm not saying I'm going to pay you. That's up to the business people. But if they're paid, up like this, they will never not do it anymore. They have people who pray every day. And it's, and it's just 
prosperity coming to this business. See, we want businesses to prosper because businesses can really accelerate and exponentially make money. And so we need money to do all this kind of stuff. We now need more money in our church to expand. We just do. And the more money we have, the more we can do. It's just the way it is. So we would love to support businesses. Now, then there's another one. I think Rodney is here. Are you here, Rodney? He had the idea, Rodney. Um, uh, right? The whole thing of a, a, a support uh, thing that we do for businesses, for us, for, for people. So we have lawyers, we have handy people, we have builders who want to give up their time for free. So people can access in our church, I need somebody to carpet lay, which is Rodney, or a lawyer, <coughs> Donna, or other people who actually will serve you, and we can even do this for the community. If you know somebody who's stressed out somewhere, got no money, we as a church can then meet that need of us giving some of our time, our expertise uh, into. So we're going to also develop this a little bit, and you'll, you'll hear some more about this. But there's more stuff happening, isn't there? Come on, Catherine. Inspire us. Well, you got some things I don't even know about. Come on, come on, say something. They want to see your face anyway. You're so beautiful. I, um, <laughs> good morning, everybody. <laughs> Kia ora. Um, it's uh, great to be here. And uh, uh, this morning I um, looked at my Facebook and a memory came up. And it was two years ago when we were talking about making room for the more. And we were starting our third service. And I thought, here we go. We're at this place where we're coming to a reset. And God is bringing a reset. And even as we start this year, Gideon mentioned about reset. And I'm going like, wow, that is so good. Because, you know, why, why does Harmony Church exist? Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Yeah, and it's also growing sons to release the kingdom, Right. So we know what we believe and why we believe it. And I love it in uh, Mark where it says, he said to them, and this verse is the verse that took me to Holland in the, in the original uh, 1984. Um, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and people will get well. This is what we believe. Here is the need. Here is the need. We have people still in darkness. We have people with no hope around us. We have people needing healing. People who need a community. We, need, we have people who are needing discipling, who are needing mentoring, who are needing to take, be taken on and mothered and fathered in the faith. This is the need, some of the need. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Because as we come, you know, we have to, faith is an action, it's a verb. We're doing something, right? We're joining with, with God. We're not just waiting for everybody else to do it. We are commissioned. You are commissioned. You are commissioned to see the works of God. Because what is it that we're going to do? Let's see what Matthew 8, Matthew 10 says. We are going to heal the sick, raise the dead, 
cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. That's what we're going to do. What are we going to do? We're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You've received without paying, give without paying. This morning, I believe that there is a call for us as a church. In 2 Corinthians, it says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. In His presence, we contemplate His glory. Being transformed into His image with passion, with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. He is the one who empowers us. And as we look at what we're going to do, there's so many different places that we can be involved. We can be involved in a life group or starting up a new life group. We can be involved on Thursdays, uh, helping with the homeless. Uh, They're meeting every week. Um, We we can be involved with the Acts School, uh, helping there. They're also feeding people in the community. Uh, There's different places where you can jump on board with your generosity, be giving uh, into the overseas mission. We're supporting people in India and in Thailand uh, and different other missions. We have uh, people up in Whangarei. Well, they're not really Whangarei, but yeah, Barry and Letitia. By the way, congratulations on their new baby uh, who was born on Friday morning, Mo. Um, And uh, we are... They're they're discipling. They're discipling people. And we want to get behind them. We want to support them. But what what else is there? See, sometimes we have people come along to our newcomers' lunches at Harmony and they say, well, what's the vision of Harmony? What does it look like? And we say, it looks like you. What is the dream in your heart to be engaged with what God, what kingdom dreams God is wanting to release through you. Because Gideon and I are very limited. We can only do one or two things, maybe three. But you can do a whole bunch of other things that we're not good at, that you actually are equipped for. So many times I say to our church, your complaint is your call. What is it that you're noticing that's not happening? That's probably the thing that you're passionate about. And I encourage you to get on board and get involved. Come to us. Don't wait. Somebody said to me this week that they were waiting for us to come and tell them what to do. We don't operate like that. We want to see what you are passionate about. And we want you to come to us and say, hey, have you ever thought about, oh, I don't know, running a pre-marriage alpha course. Have you ever thought of getting involved uh, in the community in another way? What are your dreams? Because it's together, together we are strong, together, together we fulfil the purposes of God here at Harmony Church. So right now, I just want to even just take a minute And I just encourage you to ask, what are the dreams? What are the things that you're wanting to speak to me this morning? How can I take what we believe? (laughs) 
looking at the need. What can I do about it, Lord? What can I do about it? Let's just be quiet for 30 seconds and... See, the thing is, when we partner with the things that are on God's heart, there is blessing there, enormous blessing. We are His hands and His feet in our community, in our world. Each one of us has a part to play. Each one of us has a contribution. Each one of us is full of the Holy Spirit and God empowered and God strengthened. Each one of us has supernatural abilities because we have the Holy Spirit. So good, Catherine. So good. And you're doing the healing rooms, Catherine, and you're doing prophetic appointments very soon that people can go actually make appointments to go and get a prophetic word into Punamanawa. And there's the Sozo ministry and so many things. One last scripture and then we're going to... Why don't you stand together right now? Romans 10. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him that they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Verse 17. Then so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Guys, we've got to preach the gospel in every way. Online, like this, you are the gospel. You preach the gospel wherever you are in your community, wherever you are in your business, in your workplace, in your home. You are the preacher. You are the person. So I want to encourage you to do this. Preach the gospel. Preach the word of God. The word of God will change people's lives. Amen? Okay, last time, what is our mission statement? Here we go. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. What are the core three values? Presence, passion, and purpose. So good.